You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Ian, look at this. Well, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there... It's called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. Howdy, everybody, and welcome. We are going to be talking all about the long game. We are going to the Ninth Doctor era. I should call it the Ninth Doctor season. It isn't really even an era. Exactly. And so there are shorter. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Not You're much, right. but there are shorter. There is. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think only one doctor is shorter, right? Yeah, McGann is it because he's done one. One, but. One, you know, unless you count Big half. Finish. Well, big if you count Big Finish, he's one of the longest running doctors <laughs> out there. So continuous, but, you know. It would, it's going to be interesting to talk about, and it's fun because you also have Simon Pegg as the bad guy in this one, and you know it's just it sets up also some future stories with Doctor Who, and we'll talk all about that. But before we do that, we definitely you know want to introduce my compatriots for this evening. Of course, let's say hey to Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. And, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, who is still reeling from the drama that we had with Ready Player Two last night. <laughs> Howdy. Yes, I'm, I'm awakening from the oasis. Exactly. You know, the lone game is, you know, is perfect for, you know, the Ready Player Two aftermath. So it is, you know, there are pretty awesome. Connections. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. So it's going to be interesting to talk about. We definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. And as we always love to say, if you enjoy our show, please subscribe. See, Please tell your friends about us. Please leave us five stars. I don't think I could say please enough. Please, please, please. Because it would always be great to hear from you guys. And it would be great to, you know... Find that, get some feedback, you know, or get more subscribers. That would even be better. So it's always a plus with that. So I think it'd be kind of interesting to, you know, talk about, you know, a bingo card right in front of us, you know, looking at 
all the rumors on who's going to be replacing Jody after this next season. <laughs> but we don't go on rumors on this show until it's coming out that by the BBC that, you know, Jody is leaving and that her replacement has been named. I'm not going to believe it. I won't believe it, you know, until no. that. So, and, you know, because it's like, it's, there's so... No new Doctor Who news because they're not even releasing any shots or news from on set, which is nice. But I'm and I'm glad about that. It's just it's getting stupid with all the rumors, all the things. And it's like at least they're keeping Doctor Who at, on top of everyone's mind. That's the best part about it. Did they even start filming again? Because England's on lockdown. I, th I think they have not. From, I haven't I haven't heard anything new about them doing because they have the new strain of COVID there. So I right. haven't heard anything that you know any filming has you know resumed. But you know, with our luck, you know, t after we d get done recording tonight, tomorrow they'll announce that you know all the new information. <laughs> right. So it it should be kind of fun though to find out what's happening and you know what is going to happen with the next season. I'm looking forward to it and hopefully we'll get it in the fall. So that way we can, you know, only make up so much time on the show. So it's always great talking to you guys, but you know, it would be great to get new doctor who So that's all or new doctor who to us. So we might actually have to start watching big Finnish audios, listening to them. And, you know, just because, you know, we need something new and exciting. Anything? Well, we exactly. Are. We, we we've uh, got some big finished audios uh, scheduled. So, oh, I know. Well, you know, we're all looking forward to you know hearing the theme song for River Song again. So, <laughs> I don't. I don't think the. Uh, I don't even think Big Finish has announced any Doctor Who news for a few weeks now. So, no, I don't think so. You know, I know they just released uh, River Song season eight. Yep. yep. And you know, I know we also have some other big finish that we want to talk about on the show so it will we'll be keeping busy for you guys and we'll also be having a more doctor who discussions you know where we do the whole episode and we talk about you know a certain topic and stuff and one of those will actually be coming to you next week but we'll tell you about that at the end of the show so we might as well dive in with both feet the fourth great and bountiful human empire planet earth at its height Kronkberger with cheese, Kronkberger with pajamas. Something's wrong. My watch must be wrong. It's what comes to showing off. Your history's not as good as you thought it was. My history's perfect. Well, obviously not. I can taste it. Engage safety. Someone down there shouldn't be here. Who are you? I'm the editor. What's happening? I'm Spike. Ready to go back, wow, to 2005. That is 16 years ago now, folks. Whoa. Oh, man. You know, it just feels like yesterday, but we're going back to May 7th, 2005, and we are looking at The Long Game, featuring, of course, Christopher Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor, Billy Piper as Rose Tyler, and Bruno Langley as Adam Mitchell. His one ch appearance as a companion, <laughs> or as we call him, Adam, the companion that failed. 
And we'll get into that. So, uh, story was written by Russell T. And it was directed by Brian Grant. Pretty good, you know, lineup right there, folks. You know, some decent cred- credentials right there. But did you? Did, I haven't watched this one in probably at least six years, seven years, and I'm not so sure it held up as much as I was hoping it would have. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, it's it's an enjoyable episode. Um, it's not one of the best. <laughs> it's kind of middle of the road. It's very RTD. That's true. Um, That's true. And we, yeah, and we go back to satellite five a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. the first time they go. This is the first time they go there. This though. is the first one. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it is the first time we go to satellite five, but it feels so much like um, uh, platform one that we that is seen at the beginning of uh, it's the second episode. No, um, end of the world. End of the world. Right. So it feels like the same kind of thing, um, but. Uh, yeah, and it caused me, especially since last time uh, we recorded, we did Ark in Space. And I had mentioned that, uh, you know, there's all these futures for the Earth. And I was trying to figure out, like like I said, someone probably out there has done some work on this. But just in comparison, um, so uh, Long Game takes place in the year, roughly in the year, what, 200,000, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, they're dealing with solar flares. Um, Ark in Space yes, takes do. place in the, well, they say uh, 29th or 30th century when the station was built, but give it like, then they say that they were probably sleeping for another millennia or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, or maybe even several thousand years, but didn't they have to leave because of solar flares? Yes. So solar yes. flares are like a pesky thing for earth. Like, like, so it's like, not only do they have to leave because the solar flares are around the like 30, 35th century, somewhere in there, but then like they come back to earth, repopulate earth. And then like uh, hundreds of years later, oh, guess what? Solar flares are back. And then, solar flares. And, then, and then at the end of the world, we're talking about like, you know, 5 billion years in the future. And guess what? Solar flares are, are, are attacking the Earth for the last time. And I'm like, well, man. Just that's just because the Earth, the sun, had, sun has expanded and the sun was going to get devoured by the Earth. By the, right. You know, the Earth was going to get devoured by the sure. sun. So, it, you know, there's different things. But you also had the whole thing with the solar flares also tied into the 11th Doctor story, The Beast Below. Also. That's, yeah, because they were trying to escape solar flares. That, yeah, was that a, on? Was a, that, I didn't realize that was on Earth. Yeah, that was the same. No, yeah, yeah that's that was, on Earth. Yeah, that's the same. That's the same era. That's was the same solar flares that the satellite went up for. Was that the uh, tur- the giant uh, the space whales or whatever you want to call it? Um, mm-hmm. Literally. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't even look to see when that one takes place. I forgot about that one. And yeah. there's probably yeah. a bunch of others. Like I said, oh, yeah. Earth appears, future Earth appears almost as often, probably, yeah, as often as the historical Earth. But I'm just, like I said, I don't know if there's any sort of timeline or if they just kind of just say, okay, let's 
make up a year. Let's just throw some, let's throw some dice out there. And that's our year. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I try not to think about the timelines too much or I just get a headache. I mean, you know, it just, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They aren't really trying to. No, uh, not at all. But obviously there's some huge highs and lows of humanity, right? Like there's, Because this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be in the middle of the fifth great human empire or something. Yeah, they're supposed to be one of their highlights. Exactly, and something had stunted humanity for the last ninety years. Something that must have traveled through time. What do you say, traveled through time? Because if the doctor thought that that was supposed to, like, he knew of Earth as being like really well developed in the center of the universe at that point and really prospering. And then he comes back to that time frame, and something has affected it and taken over. That means something must have like time-wise happened to, uh, to make that happen. Right. Well, but it just changes the timeline. It didn't necessarily travel through time itself. Exactly. It didn't. It didn't know anything about time travel or anything like that until it absorbed Adam's memories and, right. you know, knew about time travel, knew about time lords, knew about the whole thing. And then you have to then question because of what happens later on in the season, where the Daleks behind the whole thing with that creature coming that to the be. station. Well, and then yeah. that would if you're if you're talking about the Daleks, and it's definitely a time thing. Possibly the Daleks, the Daleks manipulate time just as much as the Time Lords do. Well, exactly, and the Dalek here was the the whatever the Dalek God or whatever they were calling it in the final story, right. and and it was it traveled through time from the Time War. It is, that's how it escaped, and then started stealing uh, humans from the station and basically genetically altering them to become Daleks. Right. That happens a lot. It does. It does. Almost as often as solar flares. As as long as much as we like to say, because Doctor Who, you know. Sure. Sure. So yeah, and it was it was interesting, and you know, like when they first went onto the little platform to look down at Earth and see all the the all the giant cities and all the different things on the planet, I was like. Oh, that's where Linda with a K died from the Daleks. It's like, oh, you know, oh, it's wait, sorry, that was a, the future story. So it's just like, oh yeah, that doesn't happen for another millennial or something like that. <laughs> so, but so yeah, what did, you, what did you guys think of Adam? Uh, <laughs> I don't. You know, it's funny because uh, you know we've talked several, several, several times about people cast like characters that have joined have been on doctor who throughout its 50 plus years. Right. And talked about how, like who would make great companions. And there's always like a battle of like, you know, a tournament, a battle of like com- the best companions ever. Adam seldom comes up in any. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> thought he would make a good companion in the first place. He's not even, he's not even like one that you can like people are like, Oh man, he was the worst companion ever. He doesn't even rate that. You just, Dismissive. He's just kind of there. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, you have to think about it. He does rate above Adric, so there you now, go. He does come back later in some continuity. Um, yes, but we'll, so, we'll get uh, into that in yeah, a few yeah. minutes. So, but so they do something interesting with him a little bit later, not on the series, but in in something in the else. Comics. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and that kind of works out pretty cool. Spoilers for that story. Um which I mm-hmm. I can't even remember the name of it. Um but uh um it was a pretty good series. It was like that's when the Doctor Who franchise was with IDW. Mm-hmm. I think um, it was Paul I think it was Paul Cornell who wrote it. If I thought. Might have been. Might have been. And uh, it was it was an interesting story, but Adam always was the companion that failed because, you know, you always hear the stories of the companions who go through time with the doctor who, you know, basically are there to help humanity, help go, go on these adventures with the doctor and be right at his side. Adam was the complete opposite. He was out there to better himself. And the look on the doctor's face when he saw what Adam did with the surgery and, you know, used the credits that the doctor had given him to only better himself, not better the world type thing. Even as the doctor. before that, it's right there in the beginning. As soon as Adam pockets the phone, you can see the doctor look at him in the background. Like the doctor sees him pocket the phone. And from then on, I think he's he's like, I'm done with that guy. Yeah, well, we, even I, from, I always even figured the, he gave him the credits because to Adam, himself. Because, because why would he, you know, if the next time you see him, he's in a, strapped to a chair getting operated on or whatever and stuff is going, like being tortured, why would you think that he did that to himself automatically? But the doctor knows what happened. He, he can add and he knows exactly what this guy's about. Even Rose, mm-hmm. like... You know, Rose is the one that convinced, if I'm not mistaken, because I, I, it's been a while since I've seen, uh, is Dalek right Dal- before this? Right? Dalek's the one right before this. And, yep. and uh, so I don't really remember, like, how he gets on board, but it's all Rose's idea, right? Rose mm-hmm. is like, and convinces him, uh, and that's why, you know, he kiddingly, uh, the doctor, like, refers to her, him as uh, her boyfriend throughout, like, most of this, because uh, it's, it's her responsibility. It's her pet, right? Um mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think that, um, even Rose at the beginning, like, you know, the minute that the doctor says he's your boyfriend, Rose is like, not anymore. Like she's just like, she's over him, like right at the beginning and goes off with the doctor. Because he passes out from (laughs) seeing the earth and, you know, the whole, you know. Yeah. He passes out from there and then then it's like, I'm done with you. (laughs) Still better than, still better boyfriend than Mickey. Oh yeah. Of course. (laughs) But that's Poor a whole different Mickey. story. But even <laughs> even the doctor was feeding her lines to impress Adam when they first got out of the TARDIS. Yes. yes. And it was like – and that didn't even work. And it was just like he was a schmo. He was a yeah. pure schmo. Well, there was no chemistry there anyway. No. 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 <laughs> exactly. And it was, it was interesting to see, you, you know – didn't really care for the space slug or whatever that was, you know. The mighty Jagafress. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was I was wondering one which of one of us was going to try to have to announce <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even trying the next part. Yeah, try the full name, right, don't you? Uh, we'll, call, we'll call him Max for short. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a blob with a mouth. It's <laughs> They didn't yeah. try too hard with that. It's really Simon well, Pegg who's the villain. Simon Pegg oh, is yeah. great in this. Um, I also had forgotten that uh, uh, Christine Adams, the future um, wife of Jefferson Pierce, is in this as well. Um, and she's really cool. Um, she she makes a better companion than Adam does. Um, 
And uh, so the cast is pretty like this. The cast and characters are still pretty, pretty cool as far as uh, the rest of this goes. And I think that that is true of new who in general, I think up until maybe the last couple seasons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really had to go there. Really? (laughs) But, but yeah, Simon's great. I mean, he, he, he does great with what he has to work with. Um, I like that he's a bad guy. I don't see him play a bad guy terribly often. But so he makes a good villain. He does. He really can. So I kind of think he was wasted, really. Uh, there's so many other better villains he could have been, I think. Um, but that will. Mm-hmm. I think he it would have been more interesting. Instead, they basically made him have white hair and a white mustache and a white goatee. You know, it's like, is who is he, Mr. Freeze or something? It was cold up there. Yeah. It was so. really, really cold really up there. Really cold. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first time I had watched it years ago, it did make sense about the people after that they must have been hypnotized or brainwashed or whatever. But, you know, working up on floor 500 or whatever. And then when, you know, tonight I paid more look, guess I paid a little more attention and that they were already dead, but the chips inside their heads were keeping them going, you know, working and such. So it was really interesting with that. Yeah, I mean, that was actually pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah. they sort of give a little bit of uh, agency to dead, what's her name, Suki? Um, Suki. There at the end dead when Suki. she's like, you know, kind of rebelling against uh, the editor, Simon Pegg's character. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's all in good fun. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it was just like, I guess she had a little more will. She wasn't quite dead. She was almost dead or something. Or something. <laughs> Feeling much know. better. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, and it's just like, it was, it was, it was a fun episode, but it, it wasn't the best. And no, it's, it's one no, of those things. It's very middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, obviously it tries to make some statements, if you will, about media control. Um, and I, I mean, that's timely. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, it's always timely. <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. I, I think it was timely 15 years ago and I think it's timely now. Um, it, it's weird how, you know. We don't seem to grow as people. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, but I, uh, I think it. I think them even the message falls flat, and the and the whatever statement they're trying to say with it falls flat because it really doesn't make much sense. Mm-mm. What they're Not trying really. to do, what they're doing, um, just doesn't make any sense. Um, well, they should have. I mean, like the mighty Jagger for us didn't need to be there at all. There was no, actually could. no no reason for him to be there. Why not just have Simon Pig as kind mm-hmm. of a corporate character who who's working who's for the banks or whatever? Yeah, the, yeah. Human, the humanity's doing this to itself, you know. Yeah, just I mean that's a topic that's perfectly good to explore about how you can use media to manipulate people's minds. That wasn't a bad premise, but it was done kind of clumsily. Yeah, I do think the fact that this follows or that. Um, Father's Day follows this is that you sort of see this theme of um, uh, the doctor kind of not 
uh, sort of being frustrated by humanity at this point, mm-hmm. by humans. Like Adam disappoints him. And then the next episode, Rose disappoints him. I mean, uh, uh, I, was, I was reminded when I saw the trailer for the next episode at the end of this one that, you know, he even calls her a dumb ape. Like, like he's just like, it seems like he's just over humans at this point. Like you guys are so frustratingly stupid sometimes. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. And, you know, it is, this does, cause Dalek was so, such a great, intense story. And Father's Day was a really good, intense story. Yeah. And then you had this one in, but sandwiched in between. Yeah. And I think Alec that Clinger. hurt. Yeah, it's kind a of. Cleanser. But you know, there was a lot in this that you know you got your bad wolf reference. You even got to see the face of Bo in this briefly. Yes. Yeah, yeah we find out he's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what? But you did exactly. <laughs> yeah, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> exactly. Like, has that ever been addressed again? That's no. not. <laughs> Maybe we should yeah. just let that one go. I would let that one go. But it, Does it was just Captain interesting. Captain Jack have a baby out there? <laughs> I'm sure Captain Jack has plenty of babies out there. Yeah, way, mm. way before he ever got to the face of Interesting. Them. I don't know if that's ever come up, but that could be an interesting uh, angle at some point. Mm-hmm. I still don't. I still never liked the idea that Captain Jack is the face of Bo. No, and you still I, don't I reject, know that. I reject that continuity. Okay. That Doctor Who continuity is out the window for you. We won't force it on you. <laughs> you can create as many AUs as you would like. <laughs> you know, all letters go to Mike Gordon, care of. <laughs> all flame mail. <laughs> it's because all of those uh, Facebook yeah. Captain Jack fans out there. Are... Mm-hmm, exactly. This, this, just, this was actually, RTD actually wrote this, or at least it's based on something he wrote in the 80s. Which he did send in to Doctor Who and got rejected. Hmm. Interesting. But, hmm. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It's, it feels kind of like an 80s story. Not, and um, I'm not, it, it feels sort of almost like a throwaway story. Like he needed something <laughs> to fill his time space. Well, I so, can imagine that, you know, this is something this. that he's always wanted to do. In some ways, it was a dream come true for him. Like, you know, I'm finally getting to do this story. Um, but outside of that, it really. the uh, And if you're going to have a failed companion, I think it needs to be more than just one episode. For us you to really feel it. Yeah. yeah well, and so also in the, the original corrupt- story. He does right. have a motivation for how he behaves. He in in the original story, his Adam's father is dying, and so he's trying. The reason he he does the data dump is he's trying to find the cure for what his father has. That's too. Sympathetic. And they took that out. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I'm like, that's I'm kind of too... glad they did because. Yeah, you just want to. Why can't a guy just be bad? Yeah, I mean that's it. I think it just would have been sappy. Yeah, yeah, good way to put I don't it. I think it would have worked. I mean, I, I kind of wish they'd gone the other route. I wish, because I kind of remember Adam being more cutthroat about it and smarter about it. But as I was watching this, I'm like, oh, first of all, he's really stupid. And second of all, he's not really like, 
I mean, he's a mama's boy, right? Like he just like he doesn't even really like have any um it's not the threat value on him is really low. Like it's just like he's not really shifty enough, he's not competent enough, he's not anything enough. Right. Well, we don't really get get to know him. Um, no. I mean, it's kind of the same as with what's her name, Kathika. We don't really get to know her either. I would have liked to have her character developed more. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she, was, she was great. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, I, I, I like uh, uh, Christine Adams. So. But yeah, but it basically was like the only reason she helped the doctor at all is because she deserved to be going up to floor 500 and she deserved the promotion three years ago. And so that's the only reason she even helped. It wasn't because she didn't want to get involved. She didn't want to do anything. She didn't want to change anything. And it's basically. Well, I don't know. I don't, that's not the feeling I got. I kind of got. It's, you know, that basically she found her courage near the end, or at least her curiosity. She at least grew as a character in this. She mm-hmm. was the only one that grew as a character in this. Yeah. Adam didn't. <laughs> no. Adam, he, you know, he, well, he, you know, he did get a nice new feature into his mm-hmm. skull. He did. Yes, he, he got Just a like lovely, that. Lovely. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Just like that, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what he's going to do with it, um, you know on earth um i can't say that it's really going to come in handy although you know if and if i thought he was at all competent or whatever i would kind of be worried that he even had that kind of technology on him Mm -hmm. the doctor left that kind of technology with him um but uh yeah i just don't feel like he's competent enough to do anything with it anyway no but he's supposed to be a computer genius because that's what he was in the episode before. Yeah, he's presented as a computer genius in Dalek. Yeah, yeah it's and, you don't get that impression from this at all. Not from no. the story. Like, he just seems, like, really stupid. Uh, exactly. Like, he doesn't even seem to know how computers work. <laughs> but speaking of which, I did think it was interesting that uh, Rose... Uh, tries to free the doctor with using his sonic and she's like what like he's like use the sonic to free me and she's like what you know how do i use this and i like that because you kind of just get the impression that someone can just pick up a sonic and it'll just do whatever you want it to do (laughs) like like there's here we're confronted with the fact that like no no you you kind of like have to do something right because how does it know Mm -hmm. whether it's reading something or you know, zapping something or, you know, what it's doing. Exactly. Does it just do everything all the time? You just press what button and it just does everything. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. It's, you actually need to be trained in it. You actually need to know what to push. Exactly. Exactly. It just doesn't unscrew, you know, screws. So it's okay. Yeah. Doesn't work on wood. Exactly. I, uh, I don't see, you don't see companions use, uh, Sonics too often. Unless your name's Trevor Song. Yeah. Hey, she's in a kit. Yeah, that's a whole class of, yeah. She's in a class. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She knows how to drive a TARDIS. Exactly. She's really a Time Lord herself. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I also also felt the sort of the beginning of the, I I generally like nine in rows, unlike 10 in rows. But I sort of felt the beginning of the annoying act. 
between nine and between the doctor and Rose in this one. A little bit. It, a it's little not bit. nearly as, as bad as when they get to the next season, but I can just see the beginning of it. Well, for me, it kind of starts with, and I can't remember what the order is, so forgive me, but to me, it kind of starts with the whole romance thing. To me, starts with um, uh, the the doctor dances, which is two episodes from this one. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Because that's when he because it 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 almost seems like the doctor doesn't seem to be too jealous here because maybe mm-hmm. he thinks that Adam is just not a threat whatsoever. But when Jack enters the picture, then all of a sudden the doctor feels like he needs to step up his game. He needs to impress everybody. He needs to be like you know that guy mm-hmm. and. He needs to be Adam, right? So um, right. I, I, I just feel like, um, yeah, um, I'm not well, bothered could, by that, but I, I can see where, yeah, you can start, yeah, to, start to see it. You literally go from this episode, you go to Father's Day, then you got the empty child, then you got the Dr. Dances, then you have Boomtown, then you start getting into the, the season finale right after that, the two-part episode. And, you know, this just starts going boom, boom, boom. It starts ramping up big time from this point on. And it's pretty awesome. You got you got some great, great stories ahead of you at this point. And I think this one was just like, uh, okay, at least it's not farting aliens, as we like yeah. to say. True. <laughs> and I did enjoy watching Chris in this. Uh, Chris, Chris was great. Chris, oh, Chris from, was wonderful. From the minute they get off the TARDIS and he's, you know – doing his doctor thing and whenever if there's a threat if there's a mystery if something's wrong he he just looks excited by the possibility uh he looks excited by you know to to, he's he's promoting um embracing new cultures and doing things like it, it it it's a doctor i like to see and he's really like i don't know he's not a really you know, for the fact that he's played by Christopher Eggleston, you would think he's a doctor, especially after the events of the Time War, you'd think he would be an, a doctor full of angst, and especially after Dalek, but he's not in this episode. He's pretty joyful. No, and it's interesting, the look on his face when he starts realizing something is not right here. This is not the, you know, fifth you know, human empire, and this is, there's something weird going on, and, you know, he's like, Hey, there's a mystery afoot. And this is showing a doctor who wants to help. This is not showing an angry, hurt doctor. This is not showing a doctor who is still PS, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome and everything from the time war. This is a doctor who's has it together in this episode, it seems like. Yeah, I think so. I think I I maybe I don't know if I'd go that far, but it definitely I mean it could be that he's covering um, you know, but it does seem like it has a more lighthearted tone. I right. mean, despite yeah. the dead, you know, zombies upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't seem worried. He doesn't seem he seems really confident. Um I, I mm-hmm. love my doctor's confident. Um I like it when they're the smartest people in the room and there's no question that he's the smartest person on this station at all. No, most definitely. And it was just interesting to see him, how he interacted with everybody. And like you, we've said throughout this episode, he didn't want anything to do from, with Adam from the very beginning, since the moment they landed, you know, Rose, he's your problem, you know, mm-hmm. or how are we going to get food here? Take this, you know, <laughs> 
the credit stick. And it's like, gosh, I would love to have a credit stick that, you know, was unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) But if I knew it was a test, it'd be like, nope. I'm good. And even Thanks. when, um, even when Kathika, like you know, is like, I can't go up there with you. I can't do this. He's just like, yeah, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. okay. See ya. He's just, he's just not having it. <laughs> You're not going to really offer us anything anyway. So, and which is ironic because she ends up, you know, saving the them. day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it it was just interesting, and Rose was Rose, pretty much, you know. I don't have anything else to say about that one. <laughs> Your favorite character. <laughs> Even more so than Adam? If you have to choose. He's like, he's like hmm. That's you a tough to one. <laughs> if I choose. If I had to choose someone, I would have tr- probably chose one of the people who were working in the market or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Rose is fine in this one. She's, I don't know. She doesn't bug me. She doesn't do anything that bugs me. Um, and, uh, except, you know, and even so, I think even though she says like, yeah, he's not my boyfriend or whatever, she's still sympathetic to him. And I, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, but I yeah, actually yeah. think Rose is fine in this one too. You could actually see the disappointment on her face. So when they were back at Adam's house, at the mom's house, Mm-hmm. And you could actually, I thought that was a great, great scene. You know, he was like pleading with her, come on, let me go back. Let me go with you. I can't stay here. And he was in, she was like the look on her face. I think it was, it was great. It was great. And that's me giving a compliment to Rose. So yeah. <laughs> you have this recorded. So, you know, I'm actually saying something nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought it was, it was, ver- that was a great scene. And then she just turned around, turned her back to him, and went into the TARDIS, and that was it. Well, she does that like nice little fake out where she's like, you know, a little sympathetic, and he's like, "Really?" And then she snaps her fingers, and it's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, sorry, "I just wanted to." Resist, and then she goes laughing and goes into the TARDIS, like, "Ha! See you, loser." Loser. So, nope, exactly. So it was fun. Any final thoughts before, or anything we want to talk further about with this episode? Um, well, we did mention, like the, like I said, the comic series, and uh, I was trying to figure out the name of that thing, and I, I, I'm, I'm at a blank. Um, uh, I have to, yeah, didn't do my homework. Sorry. That's okay. It is actually, I know it. It's a, it's a, all the doctors at the time. It was a crossover. Yep. Yeah. And had all the companions in it because somebody was kidnapping the doctor's companions out of time. Right. And, and it was it, the first actually, multi-doctor story for in correct. comics, wasn't it? Correct. And it also was the first time in modern era they brought back Frobisher, the penguin. Oh, really? Which, yes. Wow. That Which was I pretty awesome. Uh, that I didn't remember. Mm-hmm. It was pretty awesome. And ten, I think at the time, Tennant was the current doctor. It wasn't. It didn't have Matt Smith or Capaldi in it yet. Was uh, so, I know it wasn't. Was it called the Forgotten? It might have been, but yeah. you know, we have a show to do. Let's not <laughs> just sit around <laughs> while Mike. While Mike please, please so wait. Mike. Whoa, whoa. We <laughs> take an hour to figure this out. Yeah. Anyway, so look at him. 
Exactly. Yeah, contact yeah. me afterwards and I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mike Gordon will let you know. Another thing to write him about. So I definitely, it, this I, is a night to call Mike. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't written by Paul Cornell. It was written by Tony Lee. Ah, that's, oh, Tony Lee, yes. Yeah. Because that's right. Tony Lee was the big Doctor Who comic writer at the time. Yeah, he was writing most of Doctor Who comics for IDW. That's right. So I think we talked to him at one of the cons, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've talked to him a few times. So I don't know yeah. if we ever had him on the show, but. So it's pretty awesome, though. It is really. Pro so let's go ahead and rate this one out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Mary, you want to go first? Uh, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. I mean, it's very middle of the road. Um, but it's still it's still fun, and it's um, it's kind of nice to go back and watch the RTD episodes. I haven't seen them in a long time, and and they're usually enjoyable. And I, just a, a fun bit of trivia: the the director of this, Brian Grant, he's also a, he directed a ton of music videos, and one of them is Olivia Newton John's "Let's Get Physical." <laughs> really? Oh, that's <laughs> yes. awesome. M's pop music, Donna Summer, she works hard for the money. Wow. And a whole bunch of other ones. So you better treat her right. Just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Mr. Mike, what about you? Um, I'm just going to give it a solid three. It's like middle of the road. There's nothing on it that's amazingly great, but there's nothing in it that's like horrifyingly offensive. Um, it's just, uh, it's okay. Like, uh, it's not one that I would definitely recommend that people see. It's one that people could actually just skip. Um, but, um, you know, it's got some, some cool stuff in it. Like I said, the, the cast of, uh, um, Simon Pegg in particular is great in this. And, and, you know, it's, an, it's, it's one of those, um, Christopher Eggleston stories. that's not, painful to watch so that's very true you know we still do have farting aliens in our future don't, yes, don't ever do. forget that <laughs> so don't yeah, ever let's, forget let's do that. that one right before the end <laughs> right before trial of the time lord <laughs> exactly <laughs> if we don't kill ourselves before, <laughs> before the end wow man wow. i don't know where that i don't know where that puts ghost light then maybe we <laughs> just skip that entirely Oh, no, no, I don't think so. I think I see that also in our future. Or could it be our past? Hmm, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. I'm going to have to give this one a middle of the road also. Um, I'm going to probably say three. I'm going to definitely give it a three. There was, it like we've said, it's fun in some ways, but there was some really... I was getting bored in a little bit of this. You know, some of it felt like it dragged a little bit and it felt a lot longer than f just the 42 minutes that it actually aired for. <laughs> and it was like, uh, is this a two-parter? No, it's just one. Oh, geez. You know, so, but it was, it was okay. And I wish I could have liked it a lot more than I really wanted to, but you know, there's always, there's always other hope and it's just, it's interesting to see. And it was just a lot. Of, it was fun to see, you know, the ninth doctor again. It was great to see Rose again and, you know, seeing Simon Pegg, you know, in anything is always great. So that's always just a lot of good things. So 
that is going to wrap up our episode for tonight. I wanted to thank everyone for being here. But before we get away, we got a email from one of our patrons. That's right. Uh, basically, our friend William from Patreon had written us and he said, Hi, everyone. You do have at least two listeners, Elizabeth and me. I haven't seen this year's new who yet and have never bothered by spoilers. I'm just happy to listen to you and especially happy that earth station who isn't just an all male show. I listened to at least four doctor who themed podcasts though throughout Jody's run as the doctor, I've listened as much as the same tune. Jody's great. Chibnall's bad. Today I had a new thought. Nothing is ever perfect, including Doctor Who. No decent person wants to dump on the first female doctor. But humans are generally risk-adverse and dislike change as a matter of genetics. You probably have seen this graph I created, which basically he created a graph for Doctor Who that basically shows, you know, the life cycle of the doctor and... You've probably seen it a zillion mm -hmm. times. I've seen there, this. Uh -huh. The new doctor, the hate doctor, doctor grows on you, you love the doctor, and then the doctor regenerates. You know, that's the life cycle of Doctor Who. And, you know, he was just talking about it, you know, how there's judgment with the new doctor. He or she's too young. What's with this blank feature? Well, I get... I guess, you know, his blank feature is okay. I actually like his relationship with blank. This line was awesome. As the doctor grows on you, then watching every interview, then you start loving the doctor. His, his feature is so cute. He is my doctor. My BBY. Doctor regenerates crying. General fandom implosion. And so, yeah, it, we've seen that one at, a ton of times, but it's, it's just always fun to see that and everything. And he sent that along and it was pretty awesome that he did that for us. And he has a little bit more to his email and he says, my new thought is that decent non monogamous doctor who fans can't con cons consciously or unconsciously criticize Jody, but they do seem the normal amount of doctor who imperfections and failings. They try to figure out on cause and human generality can't avoid assuming blame. So Chibnall, who I've heard did wonderful work on Broadchurch, gets the blame over and over. Yeah, Broadchurch was good, but don't ask about the second or third season of it. So we're not going to go there. Maybe I'm just very easy to please, but I think of anything that puts me off Doctor Who ever, other than non-evil people dying... Even that is usually handled so well, I don't really mind it because it's a show. So am I simply speculating too much or uncomfortably close to the truth? Hmm. Stay safe, Bill L. Thank you for the email, Bill. We do thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. And thank you for being a patron of the ESO Network. And you could, too, you. could become yes, a Patreon so of the ESO Network by just going to patreon.com slash ESO Network for as little as a dollar a month. You, too, can enjoy lots of cool content and help support the ESO Network. All right. As we said, we're going to get out of here. Let's thank our regulars for being here. Mr. Mike Gordon, thank you, as always. And as always, it's my pleasure. And Mary, it's always great to talk to you. No, always fun to talk to you guys. Really enjoy it every time. 
Yes. And anything you want to shout out about or promote your stuff? You can find my artwork at maryogle.com and on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. 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 Join us back again in two weeks when we're going to have a live discussion and we are actually going to do it on Facebook Live. So you'll be able to see us actually in person doing this one. So that will be on Tuesday, the 16th of February, and we will be doing it at 8 p.m. Eastern up on Facebook Live, and but we'll be recording it for a regular episode also. And we'll have a couple friends joining us with that one. I think we'll do it, you know, a nice little round-robin discussion. And it's going to be, can Doctor Who be fixed? That's always the question, you know. That a lot of people have been asking lately. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys in the meantime. Until then, my name is Mike Faber. On behalf of myself, Mike Gordon, and Mary Ogle, we will talk to you soon. Peace. And we are done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. DragonCon 2021 is scheduled for Labor Day weekend, and whether it's an in-person event or once again goes virtual, the DragonCon Report podcast crew will cover the con right up to the big event. So sit back with your bucket of brown, dragon's mead, apple pie, or whatever your beverage of choice, and tune in to the latest news, notes, interviews, discussions, and even a dragon tale or two on the DragonCon Report, a proud member of the ESO Network. Check us out at dragonconreport.com. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.